Welcome to another episode of Winging Motown Radio. I am your host, Kyle. Uh, Jeff is off in Boston land, uh, New England, I guess you could say, uh, celebrating the Red Wings win from last night. Uh, the Red Wings won 6-5 in a shootout. Uh, big win from a big game uh, from the Winged Wheel. Uh, tonight we have, uh, we have Peter, we have JJ, uh, we have Graham, and we have Lauren. Um, and we're ready to talk a little bit about the Red Wings and their sexy-ass three-game winning streak. Everybody, how are we feeling tonight? Aside from I, being at the best night ever, I don't want to hear best night ever. I want to hear more. <laughs> we are, yeah, we are doing good to really go good to good talk Red Wing hockey. You're good? Good. Go. Good. good to go. Good. Good. <laughs> All right, good. I'm good to go. Lauren, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm Apples. doing good over here. Thank you. Glad to hear it. So, plenty to talk about. Um, we're all a little bit hyped up because we uh, we kind of had a little bit of a wingy at Motown, wingy in Motown, like a, uh, a weekend fun um, where everybody came into the into Detroit and we all went to the games, had some fun, did all that good stuff. Um, some of us are still trying to, uh, uh, I don't know, I guess recover. Uh, JJ um, and then I guess Graham, I don't know, Graham's wife. Um, so yeah, yeah. Anyways, we're gonna play with the croup. Yeah. <laughs> You know, she warned you not, not to not to get too close to her, and that's what happened. Not, <laughs> not to be confused with the Krupa, but the Krupa. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, Krupa. We still love you. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to talk about the Red Wings. Which we're just going to cover the last three games, I guess, which has been nothing but fun. Um, the Red Wings beat the Penguins. Um, the Red Wings beat the Canadians. And then the Red Wings beat the Bruins. So... Everything's been peachy fucking keen in uh, in hockey town lately. Um, I don't know. You know, it's not like you know, it's not been the the, the types of wins that you, you expect a dominant team to win. But the way I look at it, for me, and I know a couple of at least two of you will agree with me. This season has been so excruciating, and so I guess I don't want to say depressing because that's just speaking for me. But it's been really difficult to follow. Um, seeing this team go on a three-game winning skid and, uh, you know, <laughs> take down, uh, what was, you know, the, I mean, what, three three Eastern Conference uh, opponents uh, and then two division opponents, um, it's, it's it's been fun. And then, then that, that that's all that matters, it's, it's been fun. Um, so that's that's all I can say about it is that more more points, more fun, uh, more wins, more fun. Uh I don't care if they played like shit and they still won. Um, they won three games in a row, and that's all that matters right now. Um, so that is what it is. So how about you guys? How are you guys feeling about it? Uh, I feel good. I mean, it's hard not to feel good. We were there, and we were there for two of them. So uh, they were significantly different games. In how they in how they played out and how they won them, but I mean, two wins are two wins, and um, I mean, the game against Boston was just I mean, it was just one of those you you no way that you expect them to come back the way they did, and it just it was just entertaining and fun. Even if you go back to the the Chicago game, um, I think you know four of the last five games um, they've they've been in it at the end, uh, and they played some I and mean, they played some strong teams. So I. I 
you get hyped up that they're winning because that, that's exciting. And I mean, I think deep down we all want them to win. Uh, I think we can celebrate those victories while still seeing big picture and understanding, you know, all the problems that exist. But yeah, like for last night, um, you know, I, I kind of tweeted this. I didn't care about any of the talk about tanking or playoffs or selling or anything. I just wanted to just celebrate that win because it was just one of those nights that uh, you don't witness a lot, and I just wanted to have fun with it and enjoy it. Yeah, and um, just to kind of branch off what you're saying, um, during any game, it doesn't matter what game it is, um, I don't care about tanking. Um, <laughs> winning is fun. It's fun. So um, if they're if they're winning, then great, and they have been winning the past uh, few games, so that's good. Um, everybody else... Uh, JJ, Peter, and Lauren. KJ. Oh, oh okay. I'll, I'll talk. Um, yeah, like uh, like Graham said, it's it's just fun to watch the the Penguins game. Like they gave up that goal twenty seven seconds in, and I was glad that I was in the arena because that's the kind of shit that like Twitter blows up, and they're like, I can't deal with this right now. <laughs> um, and then right. they played like a really good first period, and they were just they just couldn't get get the puck in the net. So the second period comes along and they give up the second goal. It's like, well, shit, it's going to be one of those nights. It's going to be a moral victory, I guess. And then, like, the the switches got flipped where they started playing. I mean, they kept playing exceptionally well. Like, we've seen the team get really deflated after going down like that. And <clears throat> they just kept fighting back. And, like, I, I really like that Abdicator pissed off Malkin because I, re, I really mm-hmm. like when Malkin is, is mad. Uh, that penalty that Crosby took at the end of the game, the the whole arena was just uh, was having a, a hell of a lot of fun with that. It was it was just a, a really good night. And then the the Canadians game was like a, a totally different animal. Like I, I remember saying, if I'd have been watching that at home, I'd have been mad at how boring it was. Yeah, uh, there were only like thirty shots on goal total between the two teams. Uh, but being in the arena, like uh, experiencing that, we had a we had a good section, uh, we had a good crowd. So uh, just being able to kind of appreciate the defensive dominance of that team. And also, it was really fun. We were sitting like seven rows underneath uh, Ansar Khan in the press box. So <laughs> I, I just I kept wanting to like shout at him, but I I didn't want to get I didn't want to get thrown out of the arena. So right, yeah, we are a classy bunch here at Wingy Motown. Um, yeah. Peter, how about you? Yeah, sure. Um, the I mean the the Pittsburgh game, you know, like we were talking about, was was you know definitely way more entertaining uh, than the Montreal game. Like like not even just obviously you know eight more goals were scored, um, but you know it's just back and forth more chances. Um, the one of the things that I really like seeing in in both the games that we saw was um, you know we were talking I think after the game like Nick Jensen looked you know pretty darn solid uh, you know he I think it uh, must have been the first game like he made I, I lost count like he made like four or five like really strong offensive plays as a defenseman which is you know something we really need you know and it's something that we saw Sproul do when he was coming in um but then you know Sproul would make some you know defensive breakdowns you know that led to you know him sitting out for a while um so you know I thought Jensen looked really solid those two games um and obviously I mean I'm guessing the biggest highlight for any of us was uh you know the Andreas Athanasiu you know end-to-end you know Datsuk goal um it was kind of one of those things where like you're watching it live like I was I was sitting kind of on the blue line over by where he was going to score and like you know you see him you see him curl around the net and you know he still got it 
he's still got it. And you're like, oh, okay, maybe he can make a good pass. And all of a sudden, you know, he beats the three guys and you're like, okay, that's cool. And then, you know, somehow he gets that, you know, ridiculous, uh, you know, shot up over the shoulder. Um, you know, so that was definitely the highlight for me, you know, just getting to see that goal in person. I mean, that's got to be the goal of the season so far, I think. Oh, for sure. And that it's, I don't think it's even close. Um, yeah. That goal is uh, definitely um, not only the Red Wings goal this season, but mm. probably it's probably up there in the top five for the uh, um, yeah. the uh, NHL goal this season, probably along with like three or four of uh, Connor McDavid's goals. <laughs> um, I don't know about you, Lauren. I know. Mm-hmm. But have you I, have you have you been able to follow along with the uh, the past few games? Um, I watched the Penguins game. Um, at home, that was great. I mm-hmm. remember watching. I like, you know, I had it on since the beginning, and yeah, they scored twenty seven seconds in. And I was just kind of like, why did I come downstairs to watch this? <laughs> <laughs> I have work to do. Um, but I was really glad that I kept watching. I because I'm one of those people that I really hate turning games off early. Just I, I, it makes me feel not like. I don't know. I just feel like a bad fan for doing it. So I, I'm really glad I stuck with that one. That game was obviously great. We saw the Athens CU goal. Um, and I've seen that kind of goal in person, and it was actually an overtime winner. Actually, I've seen two of those. And it's, it's in, the it's, AHL, in the AHL when he was yes. playing for Grand Rapids, of course. Yep. It was, <laughs> it was a playoff game, actually. It was, it was, it's just like there's no way to describe seeing that kind of goal in person. Like You just have to see it. For yourself, he's mm-hmm. he's even faster in person than he is on TV. It's so cool. Um, for sure. And then, unfortunately, the uh, Montreal game was my voice just cracked. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> um, the Montreal game. I had work that night, so I was sleeping. Um, and then last night, the Boston game. I was working, so I could not watch that either. But I was certainly very happy to see that we had won both of those games. Because I was I was quite worried about the last three games, like seeing the schedule. I was like, oh, this could <laughs> this could be really really bad. <laughs> and then it ended up being six points for us. And I think that I don't know. It's unexpected, and it's a three game, three game winning streak, and it's it's just it's fun right now. And I'm yeah happy to to take that. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. I didn't get to watch the uh, I didn't get to watch the the Penguins game. Um, I had to watch like a condensed like highlights game because of my work schedule. And uh, you know, it is what it is. But um, it, 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 it's it's cool that they're running this. Uh, what is it? The the three game win streak. It's their longest win streak since October. So um, you know, you, you can't ex- you, you can't really complain. Um, it's been a really rough season for them and, uh, the way things have been going, I, you know what? I don't give a shit. It's uh it's a winning streak and it makes you feel good and you feel like you're having fun watching the game again, which is what this all means. This is what we are here for. Um, and, and not to mention that, but, um, a lot of us, uh, three out of four of us were there to watch, uh, those games and, uh, two of them. So. Um, that gets you be- that, that, that makes you even- yeah, five of us. I'm sorry, um, and that makes it even better because uh, you know when you're in in person, it makes it better. Um, and not to mention that, but um, I'm pretty sure um, Peter, though, that was your first game with the Joe, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it makes it even better. Um, exactly. 
Um, so, anyways, we're talking about you know we we in a Motown radio. We talked about uh, the the Red Wings as of late, the, the, the three game winning streak, which is great. Um, but next, we have to talk about uh, what's coming up, um, and that is, uh, I guess, today um, the, the game against the uh, Buffalo Sabers. Um, you know, the it sounds like the uh, the, the lineup is going to take a little bit of a change, and that in that that Darren Helm will make his return. Um, from what we heard at practice on Thursday is that um, Darren Helm will most likely make his return on Friday and that uh, Drew Miller will come out of the lineup and um, Jimmy Howard will go to a long time injured reserve and Steve Ott will go to injured reserve. Uh, The Red Wings kind of made a bunch of, uh, I guess, uh, what, like lateral moves to to make sure that Darren Helm can get into the lineup without moving anybody down to the AHL, which is good news, I guess, um, because, you know, you don't see a guy like Thomas Yerko or whoever go down to the AHL, um, you know, so that's good. Um, so we might see a team with a fourth line of Justin Ablocator, Luke Lindenning, and Darren Helm, which really gives this team a different identity. Um, yes, please. Yes. It really, yeah, no, it gives this team a completely <laughs> different look. Um, and I guess it, 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 we just need to get our takes in on that. Um, I mean, obviously, we all probably share the same opinion that that's a good thing because now you have a competent fourth line, um, whereas the Red Wings over the past few games have had a really top-heavy line of uh, that first line, that second line, the third line has been pretty good, and then that fourth line has been what it is. Um, so now you have a fourth line. I mean, the defense is what it is. You know, we're going to, you know, you can rearrange those deck chairs on the Titanic however you want. That's going to be is that that is what it is. But the offense or the, the I'm sorry, the forwards look a lot better with that. So um, that's that's huge. Um, so uh, with a team who is on the border of making the playoffs or not making the playoffs, um, you know, that's that's big. So. I guess we'll we'll just throw that out there right now. Um, Graham, I'm going to throw it to you first because I think you're you're the cutest. Thank you. I appreciate that. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said it out loud. <laughs> you're the bell of the box. Yeah, I mean Helm Helm for Miller. Helm for Miller is an easy swap for me. Um, you know, there was always there's always a concern given the lineup choices throughout the year that uh, a young kid's going to come out of the lineup but uh, I think the fact that they're winning makes that a lot more difficult to do. And, uh, you know, ever since the Helm-Nyquist-Vanek line was split up when first Vanek got hurt and then Helm got hurt, um, it seems like they've been trying to trying to recreate that. that. Um, and Vanek's been really strong this year, but um, that Vanek-Nielsen-Athanasiu line is just – it's just something. Um yeah. And it's it's you you cannot take that line apart right now, um, just because they are playing that well. Zetterberg and Mantha have become a really strong duo, and so you just whoever you put with them, whether it's Tatar and Nyquist, they're heating up. Um, Larkin, Tatar, and Shane actually looked pretty good yesterday. Um, I know there are people out there that are still going to be like, "Well, Shane didn't score a goal," and you know, I, I'm I guarantee you he's probably not sitting there going, "You're darn right, I haven't." Fuck you, I'm not going to either. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he wants to, you know, like, I don't know, whatever. But now you have a fourth line. I mean, Abdicator, Glendening, you know, and and uh, and Helm, 
that's a good that's a pretty decent fourth line. It's an expensive fourth line. Um but I mean that is a fourth line that I don't mind seeing playing ten or eleven minutes a night. Um because I think that they're uh, between Helm and Advocator, you actually have some offensive skill on that line that they could contribute some offense and Glendening is what he is and you know, whatever. Um I, I, I like it. I, I think that this this might be the best four lines that they can roll given what they have right now. Yeah. Without making like a, like a roster call up or something like that. It's mm-hmm. definitely probably the, the, the best lineup that they could put out there. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess you can maybe make an argument in terms of defense, but we're going in terms of forwards, uh, for sure. Um, uh, Peter, uh, what would you be, what would be your take there? Um, yeah, I mean, you, you guys pretty much covered, you know, everything I was thinking, but the one, uh, the one thing I thought of is that, um, you know, Zetterberg's been playing really well lately. Um, but obviously we know, you know, he's, he's obviously older, you know, as the season goes on, um, you know, you don't want him playing a ton of minutes, uh, you know, cause then he might, you know, run out of gas by the end of the year, you know, so getting Helm back, like uh, Graham said, you know, it not only allows us to, you know, have a fourth line that we can play a lot more um, than, you know, if we had Ott out there or Miller um, or people like that. Um, but also, you know, let's say we're, you know, we're in a game and, you know, you need to give Zetterberg a little less time. You know, you can throw Helm in there for a shift or two. You know, I mean, he's not as good as Zetterberg, but he's not horrible. You know, he's he's going to be able to, you know, go in there, maybe give him a, you know, give him a couple shifts off. Um, you know, so that could be something that could be helpful, you know, down the stretch as the year goes on. No, for sure. Um, and then I guess uh, moving along, um, Lauren, um, what about you? How do you feel about the way that the uh, I guess the, the lineup has um, sort of evolved into what it is, despite whether it be injuries or just fate or whatever um you know how do you feel about it you know right now and going forward well in regards to the fourth line i'd like to wonder what year it is because helmet abdicator on the fourth line i'm pretty sure we're back in 2010 or so (laughs) (laughs) um oh if only we were back in 2010 well our defense would look a ton better you know anyway um the yeah, I, I like. I forget who it was. I think Graham said it. It's it's an expensive fourth line, but you know what? I'm good with it because it's at least not a really shitty fourth line. Like, right? Sorry, but when you have some, like there was that article like way back in the beginning of the season about the worst fourth line in hockey or whatever, and it was ours. Like when you get that that lovely honor from the league. Like people are paying attention, and that's not the kind of distinction that you want. So yeah, yeah, you put a couple of guys like that. Like yeah, it's expensive, but you know what? I'll take it because they're, you know, both kind of you know, applicators still kind of coming back from injury. Helms coming back from injury. You know, Glenn Denning is what he is. Like we said, um, I am okay with it. I'm not going to oppose. You know limiting their minutes and I'm you know more than happy to see more of um the the van line and um more of Mantha and you know that kind of thing so I and 
personally, I'm happy that Helm is back because I love Helm and anybody who doesn't know that, that should, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> should, should wake hell up. Um, yeah. and you know what? I'm, I'm right there with you because, um, honestly, yeah, maybe the fourth line gets paid too much money, but there are a lot of teams who have fourth line players who get paid a lot of money. So, um, that's irrelevant to me. What it is about, um, where we are, um, in the NHL is putting players in a, uh, spot or role to succeed. And, um, pardon me, uh, the, you know, advocators and Darren Helms, fourth line, third line, those are, those are fourth line, third line players. So, um, that's, that's huge. And, um, it is what it is. Um, so the Red Wings right now, what they have in their top six, uh, top nine are good playmakers. And, uh, so what they need to do is maybe start putting together an actual checking line in the fourth line or an actual, um, I don't know, a two-way type of line. You know, Drew Miller and Steve Ott, those aren't those kinds of players. Those are depth forwards. Like, those are the guys that you should sit on the bench. Um, and and that's, that's what they are at this point. Um, so I think what they're doing right now could be the best way to uh, optimize the lineup uh, in terms of forwards without calling or sending anybody anybody up, uh, despite the fact that they are um, obviously uh, using the injured, you know, reserve to uh, to make this happen. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for it, and I love Darren Helm. I think Darren Helm has been, uh, and I, I think Darren. Aaron Helm is an underrated asset for this team. So, uh, um, because you think about when at the beginning of the season, the Darren Helm, Nyquist, and, and uh, Vanek line that was a that was a that was hot, and they were they were doing big things. So, um, I'm I'm happy to have Darren Helm back at this point um, because uh, I think he's still a really good player, and uh, you know whether he's well, I, I guess bottom six is where he should be right now. So. Um, yeah. Um, anybody else have anything to add towards that? Like, uh, JJ or Peter, do you guys have anything else to add towards the fact that, you know, I guess you're, you're losing a couple of guys, you know, you're losing, uh, Drew Miller, which is, uh, I guess he's a penalty killer, uh, wizard. And then, um, you know, Steve Oss going to IR and who could, who could, you know, not miss his, uh, ability to punch faces. Um, do you guys have any other like thoughts on that at all? Or his ability to take a punch in the face yeah, repeatedly. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That goes hand in hand. I think it's a little funny, a little telling that we've talked about, you know, really liking this fourth line, this but essentially being without making any other uh send ups or call downs, like the the ideal lineup. Uh and Yurko is not in it and I I'm honestly having trouble arguing that he should be in there over Glendening and I don't know why because I don't think Glendening is all that good but I don't know yeah um, and a lot of people make that argument that maybe Yurko should be in over Shan but um it's like it's completely different because Shan is a center Yurko is a winger it, that I mean, a lot of people won't talk about that, but it it's, it really does add a completely different, um, I guess, dynamic to things. Um, the Red Wings have never used Yurko as a center, um, whereas kind of Shane has been kind of both. So um, that that kind of 
puts that argument to sleep uh, in terms in in the uh, in the team's uh, defense, I guess you should say. It is kind of funny that a fourth I, line uh, I think it's- advocator Glenn Denning and uh, and Helm has a larger cap hit than the Vanek Nielsen Athanasiu line does. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I will say, like complaints about what the line is, but I don't give a shit. That's the dumbest no. thing. If if you've got three guys making six hundred thousand tearing up the league as your top line, and you've got fifteen million dollars in your fourth line, then blame your GM. Who who the fuck cares? Uh, I like the fourth line the way it is. I don't care that it's expensive. Uh, just win games. Yeah, as long as you're mm-hmm. under the cap. As long as you're under the cap limit, who gives a shit? Like, well, you know, and that argument always stems from. I mean, you think about because there are going to be people who are going to complain about how much the fourth line is making. Go, oh, good contracts, Kenny. You know, like, okay, well, yeah, he's under the contracts, and now they're being played where they belong to be played. Who else? If you're not spending the money on those guys, where are you going to spend the money with the players that were currently available to them? Yeah, because you're, not, and he, cause you're yeah, not going and he, out and signing a defenseman, which is what no. they need. I mean, there were no free agent defensemen to get. There were no other forwards, free agent forwards, who were out there who were going to make this team better that are more expensive. Um, I mean, the contracts and what they make relative to what they're playing is that's a, it's a separate thing and it speaks to asset management more than anything else but right now in this moment in time with where they're playing it doesn't matter as long as they're contributing positively to the team and and being in a position that allows other players to be in the positions they need to be in i.e. Athanasiu not on the fourth line and actually playing with better players where he can better showcase his skill then the lineup choices are fine no, and I'm I'm completely with you right there. Um, I mean, when you look at any sport, whether there's a, a, a cap error or not, um, people complain about cap hit. Um, you look at the MLB, and people complain about how much a player is paid. Whereas in baseball, it doesn't matter because there is no there is no salary cap. Um, so that will well, always be there. That's just a part of sports. Uh, if you get paid amount of a, a certain amount of money, you will get blamed for something uh, sooner or later, whether you're doing a good job or not. Um, so I guess moving along, um, you're, we want to look around the league. Um, you know, you saw another coach get fired uh, with the at, at, in, in Long Island. Uh, Jack Jack Capuano finally got fired. Uh, probably a little bit too late. Um, Probably should have gotten fired last year, um, but you've got a, uh, I guess, what uh, maybe another firing on the way, uh, right here in the Atlantic Division. Uh, might be just rumors, but um, and then we're going to talk about the contenders, uh, the pretenders, and then you know everything else. So, um, who do you guys think is going to be the next uh, coach to be fired in the NHL? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean the easy <laughs> money. Yeah, easy money's on Julian, obviously. Um, is that the easy money though? I like, think so, is that really it? the easy money? Is that like, like I, you're, they have like, a? Don't they have a press conference scheduled for tomorrow with Julian? Do they have a press conference or just a like a press? They no, they He will have media <laughs> after practice tomorrow. Uh, okay, yeah, but yeah. Um, like, Kind of weird that they would specifically announce that. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get fired tomorrow. I don't. I, I <laughs> or mean, today, like it, I should say. It's it's weird because it. I mean, 
I could see the Bruins front office being that reactionary to a bad stretch. Um, but I mean, Boston's not a bad team. So maybe there, maybe Boston, the, the management team there is looking at it kind of like the way Pittsburgh was last year, where, um, you know, they've got a guy in place. Uh, it, maybe he's just, maybe he's just done. And it's just, it's just time for them to get a new voice in there um, because they have a, a, a pretty good roster overall I and mean, they need help on defense, but I mean, forward wise, they're, they're pretty set and Rask. I mean, I bet if you looked at the, them struggling, I bet you could probably attribute a lot of it to, to Rask not playing up to the way he's been playing this year so far. So um, I would love it if they fired Julian, because I think that'll make him worse, um, which I mean, the Bruins being worse is just that puts a smile on my face. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. The Bruins falling out of the playoffs for the Red Wings to make it again and extend the streak would be too <laughs> hilarious for me. And I know a lot of people want the Red Wings and the streak to just end or whatever. Uh, I don't care. I'm, I'm rooting for that funny storyline. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm right there with you. I'd be, I'd totally be cool with that. Um, because if it, were to happen any year, I guess uh, this year would be uh, the most fun, um, given the draft class. But it's a completely different can of worms to open up. But um, no, I'm with you on that. Um, I guess uh, let's go to Peter because you know Capi when I got fired, and you know I know that you have a, a history with the Islanders. Um, I mean, I guess that it's been a long, really long time coming. Um, I guess uh, in terms of Islander land, um, what is the general reaction there? Are you guys waiting? Like, are they waiting for, uh, uh, for like Julian or something like that? Like, what is the uh, the feel there? Um, yeah, I mean, like as soon as it happened, uh, I talked to my brother. You know, my, bro- my brother's still an Islanders fan, uh, and I talked to a couple of my friends who are still Islander fans. And I mean, the general consensus is like, you know, you said he should have been fired a year ago. The general consensus is it probably should have even been two years ago. Um, you know, it was it was pretty clear that he wasn't really getting you know what he could out of it. Um, you know, you know, basically the way I try to explain it to people is that if you think about the things that annoy you about Blashill, you know, um, you know, the, like the you know lineup decisions, things like that, where it seems you know some of these decisions, you know, and, and like like we've said in the past, you know, every coach makes these things, you know, every coach makes decisions where you're like, what the hell is that? Um, but I mean, Capuano would just make just mind-bogglingly. silly choices i mean like it just like this the things he would do would just make absolutely no sense um you know and so so a lot of people thought it was a long time coming uh they're pretty happy about it the general consensus is like he's a really good guy like the fans even like him but they just you know like he's gotta go you know they gotta they gotta bring somebody else in um and i think the next question is going to be is how long snow lasts uh, Gar snow, their GM um, because you know, the uh, Charles Wong, the former owner uh, sold the team uh, and the, the, the new owners, you know, really took, took hold this year. Um, and, you know, there's been these, you know, things that they're going around talking to, you know, pretty much a who's who of hockey um, about what they should do. Like supposedly they're trying to like hire a team president. Um, and then that's gonna, you know, they're going to, um, you know, the, the general consensus is that once they hire that, they're just going to clean, you know, just do a clean sweep. Um, because the biggest thing is 
you know, John Tavares. You know, if they lose, to, if, if Tavares goes somewhere else, that's going to obviously be a, an enormous blow for the team. Um, and so, I mean, like the owners, like that has to be their only objective right now is yeah. showing Tavares that, you know, all, okay, all this Mickey Mouse BS stuff is gone. You know, we're bringing in real hockey people and we're going to really run this like a team. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like, like that, that's pretty much what's going on there. I think they would be ecstatic if they got Julian. You know, that's that's what they're hoping for. Yeah, I know? mean, and and to put it in perspective for uh, for Red Wings fans, uh, losing a guy like John Tavares for the Islanders would be like, I don't know, I guess losing Athanasiu and Mantha altogether, like just one foul swoop, maybe, maybe even Larkin. Um, there's a lot going on there. Um I know, uh, Lauren, correct me if I'm wrong. I know that you within the Red Wings realms, but do you have any takes from around the, uh, around the league, um, from what you've observed, um, or anything like that? Um, not really. I do pretty much stick to, to Red Wings land. Um, Mm -hmm. I had something I wanted to say about Boston. I'm totally forgetting what it was now. I'm pretty Same sure thing. that it was fuck them. So, <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm totally kidding. Um, but it might have been something like that. <laughs> do you, do you, I don't know. I, if no. I think of it, I'll, I'll say right. it. If you, say, if you think of it, just blurt it out. Oh, no, I do, um, I do remember. <laughs> go for it, then. It worked. Um, I, I wonder if, I mean, if Julian gets fired, uh, I guess today when people are listening to this podcast, um, I wonder if their thinking is, you know, we've missed the playoffs the last two years. Um, and I think they've been like the, the team just on the outside of the playoffs both times. I wonder if they're thinking, you know, if they, they don't want that to happen again. And I wonder if that maybe is why they could be reacting badly to this stretch because they're like, Oh my gosh, we don't want to like, we've already missed the last three years. Like we can't make it a third year. And I wonder if maybe that's what's on their mind in, in regards to a possible coaching change decision. It's, it, it's hard for me to, to really translate what Bruins fans are kind of going through right now because um, they're subhumans. They're subhumans. Yes. And then they are also, going through an era right now where they have one of the not the best players one of the best players in the franchise's history but one of the best players in nhl history to play the game and that's patrice bergeron um and then i guess you know you have that mixed with um uh brad marchand and you know these other really good players like uh, david Pasternak. like this team in tuka rusk like this team is literally built from top to bottom. I guess defense, you know, they're kind of like the Red Wings. They have a they have a lot of holes, so they don't have a superstar in defense. Yeah. You know, they have Brandon Carlo, who is isn't a superstar, but he's a good defensive player. Um, and Sedano Chara, I mean, that's like maybe one step above what Nicholas Cronwell is. Just an old dude who can't skate anymore, but he can still make those plays. But um, it's funny that Claude Julian gets uh, is is like. <laughs> the source of the blame right here whereas um that is so not the source of the blame um and it would be funny to me if claude julian got fired because um my guess is that he'd go right to the islanders um and then that would be a perfect fit because islanders have a pretty decent lineup 
Um, they have one of the best forwards in the league, one of the most underrated forwards in the league in John Tavares. Um, so that would be a really funny way for everything to kind of fall apart for the Bruins because things have <laughs> kind of been like for the Bruins, like slowly kind of un- like falling apart over the last couple of years with the last couple of drafts because they're a bunch of idiots. So, um, I hope that they fire Julian and I hope that they collapse and I hope that they are bad for a very, very long time. And I hope that they trade Patrice Bergeron to the Red Wings. Um, and I hope that they trade David Pasternak to the Western Conference and it just unravels. Um, moving along, though, we're going to go to positivity corner, which kind of plays hand in hand with uh, the Bruins being a tire fire. Um <laughs> You know, you kind of you all know the drill here. Um, We're going to talk about something that makes us all feel positive and happy and butterflies and unicorns and rainbows and all that stuff. Um, I'll go ahead and take the lead here. And um, it's I'm going to go ahead and kind of steal everyone's thunder. And it's the three game win streak. Um, It's been a really shitty season. Um, I think everybody knows that. And uh, I don't care if it's been unsustainable. Um, I don't care if. It's been shitty wins, like the one to nothing win against the Canadians. It doesn't matter to me at this point. Um, this stretch of wins has been really refreshing. Um, whether they make the playoffs or not, um, it's been really enjoyable to watch the team and have fun watching them. Um, so um, that's my positivity take right there. Um, no players involved. Just I'm excited and happy to see them win uh three games in a row and uh it makes me feel like i'm having fun watching sports again which obviously is why i watch sports to begin with um so uh who wants to go next uh i'll go i'll go um yeah i think um i mean obviously before you talked about you know uh you know all of us being able you know the four of us being able to get together um and you know that was awesome um Obviously, but um, my Red Wings one is uh, I think it was like yesterday, yesterday, maybe that like the story came out where they asked, um, you know, they asked Vanek about, you know, the trade rumors. You know, there's been, you know, stories going around and, you know, it's it's really easy for a player when he's asked about something like that, you know, to kind of just, you know, oh, yeah, you know, you know, uh, you know, you try not to listen to it. You just go out and, you know, you just play the game, whatever, you know, but he came out and he said, you know, that he wants to stay. He wants to be a part of the team. Um, and obviously, I mean, we can debate, um, you know, whether or not we should resign him, uh, you know, what would be a good contract, obviously. Um, if he wants to stay, you know, maybe he'll take less. Maybe he'll, you know, make it so that we can fit it in. Um, obviously, he's been really good. Um, That's what she said. Yep. <laughs> but, but um, you know, e- you know, e- even even without even uh, all that stuff, it's just good to hear. You know, especially after the trouble we've had. You know, especially after you know the 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 road trip where we had a lot of losses. You know, it's nice to hear. You know, a veteran player like that. You know, come out and and just say that he wants to stay when he could have just given like a BS non-committal answer. Ah, right, for sure. Um, Graham, what about you? Positivity corner. Um, I mean, obviously the weekend was amazing and I mean, anytime you, you know, being able to get to the Joe and, and see it, I mean, for those of us who don't live in the area, it's always a big deal. Um, right. And I mean, I just, that, that entire weekend was just a load of fun. Um, so, 
in being able to hang out with all you guys, meeting Peter uh, for the first time and spending some time with him and his his lovely wife was uh, was a lot of fun. And uh, um, I mean, for the Red Wings, you know, the the games the games have been entertaining, but that that Pittsburgh game to me was the first time in a long time where I just. I just really enjoyed watching them because they were playing so well and we were there and they won and it, they were playing a really good team. And it just seemed like just for one night, everything just clicked. If I'd been watching that game on TV, I probably would have thought the same thing. Like they're really playing a good game, but that to witness that Athens CU goal live, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it was just incredible. It was the third fastest direction I got that weekend. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. TMI. But I mean, but it was, I, it was, it was insane. I mean, just to, just to watch that and just watch him just go end to end. And it was almost like, almost like watching a tennis match where your head was just kind of going back and forth and just, you know, next thing you know, he scores and it, and we actually, we actually had um, three penguin fans behind us and they were really cool guys, not obnoxious at all. But uh, uh, even the one guy, he was just like, Holy shit, what a goal. Like, I mean, you know, it was just one of those moments that I was just really, really happy that I got to witness in person. Yeah, you're like a proud father. Um, that actually, I was debating between um, shirts with names on them. And I had been debating earlier that day between Larkin and Mantha and Athena Sioux. And after that goal, I, I looked at my <laughs> wife and I said, I'm, I've made my decision. I know which one I'm getting. I'm actually wearing it Easy. right now. Yeah. Oh, there you go. All right, yeah. good boy. Um, uh, JJ. Um, I mean, uh, well, there's not much else to be said about the weekend that hasn't already been said. Uh, but I will say, like, I've I've met uh, Graham and Kyle before, and I, I know that uh, that you guys are really cool. It was really nice to uh, to finally meet Peter face to face, and um, it's just it's really cool how you can you know get, only know somebody online, and you get to you get face-to-face and you feel like you've known him forever so mm-hmm. that was a uh, that was really fun the and of course the ethnic you go like i literally just <laughs> taken a bite of pretzel and i just had it like hanging i had it almost hanging out of my mouth i just turned around like wide-eyed and the guy behind me is like yeah i know give me a high five buddy <laughs> <clears throat> um the atmosphere in the joe for for saturday's game was a lot of fun like the the pittsburgh crowd was kind of rowdy like there were guys sitting in front about seven rows in front of me who were just like Every when the the Penguins scored, they, they'd get up and they like do their little wave and uh, act like jerk offs, and then uh, they were uh, surprisingly quiet by the end of it. So <laughs> that was that was satisfying. <laughs> yeah, and I uh, I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, you know, to say that you could know someone online for uh, a long time, and then you know once you finally meet them meet them in real life, it's uh, it's cool to to know that they're actually the same people. Um, and Peter, uh, right there to, to know that. I mean, I know many other people who I've met through Winging at Motown who have just been awesome people in real life. Um, just meeting them online through the blog and uh, Lauren being one of them, Peter being one of them, JJ being one of them, and uh, Graham being one of them, uh, Jeff being one of them. Pretty much everybody at Winging at Motown who has showed up to one of our meetups or anything like that. This has all been really good people, so it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, Lauren, uh, your your positivity uh, your positivity corner take or thought? Yeah. Um, obviously, the, the last three games have been really fun. Um, I, it's just one of those things that, yeah, you know, you, you 
get to see a three game win streak. And like I, when I was checking scores and stuff um, last night at work, I was just like, Oh, yay. You know, you just get that, that like, you just, you're just automatically happy. And you know, that's, it's one of those things that, you know, only a sports team can do for you. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's so great to have that feeling again, like consistently instead of looking at it and being like, Oh my God, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> so it's, it's, that's been really fun. Um, let's see. I've, I had like one or two other things I wanted to mention real quick. Um, oh, I talked about Craig Cunningham last time I was on the podcast. He is now out of the hospital. He has been back to, um, a Roadrunners game down in Arizona, got to see his, all, all his teammates and stuff, watched the game in the crowd at a standing ovation. It was awesome. I loved it. I, you know, kudos to him for, for going back and, you know, seeing everybody and a huge congrats to him for making it through <laughs> everything Absolutely. that he did. Yeah, um, that's great. It's, it's such a great storyline. And I encourage anyone who isn't totally squicked out by medical things to go read his whole story. Cause that's really, really awesome. Absolutely. Um, and then the, <laughs> the last thing I want to mention, it's, total self-promotion i don't really care but um during the dallas game um it was the dad strip and ken daniels was talking about ethnicu um <laughs> and uh, about what he does quickly and there was i i tweeted about this and um about how it was just kind of a long pause like what else does you're like, what's the only thing he doesn't do quickly? And it was just kind of like a long pause. And it was like, um, where are we going with this? And then it turns out the only thing he doesn't do quickly is eat. He's a, apparently a slow eater, but I tweeted, <laughs> I tweeted that out. And the, his, Athena his girlfriend found that tweet and favorited it. So I just <laughs> died laughing when I saw that. Like I, I was almost crying. <laughs> so there you go, everybody. And uh, the, uh, the the women in Detroit, he is off the market. Um, and apparently he's good at what he does. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that is uh, winging a Motown after dark. Uh, That's what she are, said. Th- that is inappropriate thoughts. Um, so moving along, um, our reader questions as always we will answer your questions that you ask us because we care about you and uh yeah whatever um (laughs) (laughs) jj as always will take on the questions um jj i'll go ahead and toss it to you because you are the most handsome and you do this the best what the fuck um, sorry i'm sorry i love you god not even an hour or later, uh, Man, you turned into a no, pumpkin I'm saying, already. He's the most handsome. He's oh. the most handsome, and you know, I, I, I don't know. I can't. I don't know. What? Just shut the fuck yeah. up. Backtrack. More. That's fine. No, you want the second most handsome. Lauren's the second most handsome. I'm sorry, or the first most <laughs> handsome, but I can't say that she's the most handsome because it seems weird. So there you go, <laughs> asshole. Congratulations. You have completely derailed the podcast. Hey, I want to do reader questions or you want to just listen to Kyle keep blabbering on about handsomeness? I'm sorry, but yeah. yeah, yeah. PA Wingsman wants to know, uh, could you see the Wings (laughs) trading Vanek before the deadline to a contender and then sign him back in free agency uh, if he gets to that? This allows the expansion draft to open salary cap and get draft picks while getting a quality veteran who can still produce back. That is the 
best case scenario. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I would love for them to trade him and then just sign him back. I think what did the uh, was it the Coyotes did that with Vermette? Yeah, yeah, that would be the best case scenario. I would love that. Um, not I, I, but but to to be clear, I don't want Vanek back at like two or three years. I want him back at like a one year. Still, like that's it. I'd be okay with two years. Two years would be I, fine, I, but I, he'd have to come back for like a little bit less money. I think. I I think they're going to have to do some. I think there's some rearranging the Wings have to do before they bring Vanek back. Um, just because I think next year they just end up in the same problem with uh, there too many bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sarge Zatsuk wants to know why does Ken Holland want us all to cry? Um, because you touch yourself at night. Yeah. That Hard to top that one. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Tromboner Will. How realistic? <laughs> that's that's this person's name. I know. If it's Will Chris, I'm going to be really mad. <laughs> How realistic or unrealistic is it for the Wings to attempt to sign in or acquire Kevin Shattenkirk? Uh, would he be a building block towards convention in 2018 or 19, or does the current position of the team suggest he wouldn't likely consider Detroit as a destination? So here's how I look at it. Um, Kevin Shattenkirk is a good defenseman. Um, I don't. He's not a great defenseman. Um, so I guess the way that I would describe it to people is like, think of Kevin Shattenkirk with Danny DeKaiser. Is that much better than Danny DeKaiser with Mike Green? The obvious answer is no. Um, if it is better, it's marginally, uh, so it's not something that you would want to trade for. And it's certainly not something that you'd want to give five to seven years at a big, like, let's say, like, would you want to give that six years, 30 million to, um, for me? No, absolutely not. So I think that personally, uh, uh, Shattenkirk is, should be completely off the, the, completely off the books for the Red Wings, uh, in my opinion, of course. Anybody else, Graham? What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I think Shattenkirk's probably a good addition to uh, a contender. Um, I think the Wings have significantly too many issues on defense that uh, committing the kind of money that they ha- that they would have to commit to him when they've already got too much money committed to too much mediocrity on defense uh, just doesn't make sense for them right now. What they need literally is Aaron Eckblad. Like when like Aaron Eckblad when they drafted him. Right. They need Aaron Eckblad. So like and I said this before I would take uh, a uh, what a uh, a risk over Dennis Cholowski or uh, Billy Sarichari or Joe Hicketts at an entry level contract over a guy at five years over like what is it six years thirty million like I would take that right now just yeah. for the uh, the pure gamble. Yeah, um, Lauren, what do you think? Yeah i I don't think it's some it's I don't think it's a trade we want to make because I think the benefit that we would get. Um, to adding him is not going to outweigh what we lose to get him. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, real quick. Um, you know, I was looking at the the tweet where uh, you know Drager said the the teams that he's willing to consider, uh, which is uh, Toronto, New York, uh, the Rangers, uh, Bruins, Red Wings, Sharks, Ducks, and Avs. And out of those teams, I mean, the ones that make the most sense to me would be San Jose. You know, because. I think they have a chance to make another cup run this year. You know, he could be, you know, he could be a huge addition to that team. And then if he walks at the end of the year, you know, it's, you know, I mean, they're, you know, they're trying to win this year. Um, And the other team I think would be Toronto. I mean, they have, you know, they got Morgan Riley, they got, um, you know, a couple young uh, defensemen. And I think he could be a really strong addition to that team, a really good veteran blue liner um that could you know really solidify their team so i would imagine if he ends up on one of those teams those would be two my two guesses and i'm pretty sure they just lost morgan riley was it oh riley yeah they Gardner? did right. no yeah they lost riley for a while so yeah they might they might because the I, I don't know the leafs could be right in contention yeah i would say yeah, like well, it, actually considering that it makes even more sense I, I think the leafs will make a big push for him or they yeah, might yeah. not Elliot Friedman was uh, also said that there are rumblings, you know, unconfirmed, but there are rumblings that that he's really interested in um, joining the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Like that's Which would make a lot of sense. Desired because... destination. So, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe kind of keep them in mind. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if they have the ability to make it work or not, but that's that's what's being reported. The Rangers will always be a destination just because of where they're at. So. Yeah. And they always seem to make it work somehow. And yeah. they will. No, they will. Yeah. Like, and I said that. Yeah. Like, that I, I thought that they like would be a top, like, candidate for Mike Green. Um, honestly, uh, because they did it with Keith Yandel. I thought that might be a thing. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah, JJ. Next question. Sure. <laughs> you said they, they did it with Keith Yandel. Mike, you like hockey? So, what is your perfect Sunday? Um, it's a day where we have no school on Monday. For me, um, just silence. Just nothing. <laughs> like just silence. No Red Wings. No nothing. Just silence. All right, Graham. Um, just hanging out at home, not having to go anywhere, and all my children are just—they're just quiet for the whole day. Silence. <laughs> Oh, that's, yeah. that's dangerous, though. <laughs> yeah, your kids yeah. are dead. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, when they're oh, quiet, that's yeah, that's when shit happens. <laughs> Lauren, what's your perfect Sunday? My perfect Sunday is Moose Tracks ice cream and chocolate syrup with whipped cream. Damn it, right. <laughs> nice. That's really good. All right. Lauren <laughs> with the home run, the ding. I was going to make that kind of Sunday. I'm sorry. I was going to make that joke. Good job, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> the bat flip right there from her. All right. All right. Good job, Lauren. Um, I don't have an answer. Right. Operator Z wants to know, are their wings actually reloading, regardless of playoff success this year? The rise of Manta, XO, AA, coupled with Vanek, Nielsen, uh, surprisingly limber zombie Zetterberg, <laughs> Plashill not blending in the last three games, actually make us think that old Kenny Holland might not actually be crazy about this whole reloading thing. Reloading thing. Is it possible Ken Holland is right? No, he's crazy. Um, he's re- Reloading would mean that he has... You know what? He might be because if he if he assumes the fact that if the Red Wings are outside looking in um, and he goes, you know what? I'm going to trade Vanek and uh, I don't give a shit. Then, yeah, he's reloading. Um, I don't know if he does something like that, then cool. But 
if not, then yeah, he's crazy. But I don't know. I have a lot of trouble giving Ken Holland sly like a fox credit for Athanasiu and Manta, uh, considering it took injuries to Applicator and Helm to make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, were you planning on that happening? No. He's. I mean, I don't know if he's right. Um, You know, he. We could be right in the sense that maybe the core is there to build around. Uh, where he's wrong is how he's doing it by giving the type of contracts out to the type of players he is that are going to hamstring this team under the salary cap for several more years. Yep. And and will prevent true reloading where um, they'll have the flexibility to be able to make that big move when the opportunity presents itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's well put. Okay, Baby Larks has a skills competition between Larkin, Manta, and Athanasiu. I'm going to give a category, and then I'm going to shout a name, and the person whose name I shout is going to give me the winner between those three. <laughs> Most accurate shot, Graham. Manta. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Hardest shot, Peter. Uh, Manta. Fastest skater, Lauren. Oh, uh, that's hard. Athanasiu, I guess. Puck handling, Kyle. (laughs) Puck handling? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, what were the choices? Athanasiu. Puck handling, Mantha. Shootout, Kyle. Uh, Athanasiu. Passing, Lauren. What? Passing. Passing. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, like you use your signal and you check your blind spot. <laughs> oh, God. Fuck you guys. Category. <laughs> <laughs> You still have to answer the question. I get it. It's Larkin. Okay. You're right. Okay, and then uh, everybody, who's your overall winner in the total skills competition? Mantha. Yeah, I think I I thought Mantha for the most most categories. Yeah, Mantha. For me, it's Mantha. I'm still going to go Larkin. Hmm. Fuck you. No, you know what? There is no wrong. There is no wrong answer. Apparently, Athanasius was the wrong answer. Yeah, who said that? (laughs) (laughs) Prashanth, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Prashanth is biased. Yeah, (laughs) I I agree. He's he loves that guy. That's fine. You got to have a favorite player, even though he just bought a Mantha jersey. So. Um, no, it's fun because like the first thing that Graham wanted to do after buying Athanasiu jersey was like send a picture to. to <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, still have to, I, I actually still have to send it. I have, I think I have the picture. I just haven't sent it to him yet. So, Shant, I owe you a picture. That's not creepy. See? That's <laughs> something. He's got Athanasiu, and Jeff has Brendan Smith in that like creepy love him too much thing. So, obviously, uh, Prashant has way better taste. Mm-hmm. And Lauren's got Helm for that, so. Yeah, Lauren's got Helm. I uh, I don't know. I'm, like, in between. I'm in between, like, 
I can't say like I'm in between Larkin Evans. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fuck you guys. All right, what's the next question? I like <laughs> the next question is Case Denji wanting to know. Uh, I realize it might be a little early to start speculating, but it always seemed like Larkin was viewed as taking over for Zetterberg as captain eventually. I like him, but I'm not sure he's ready for it yet, or will be in the next few years. Who else on this team could you see as possibly being in consideration for that? Um, I'll go ahead and say that the the easy answer is obviously uh, Ablocator. Um, and here, I'm going to go ahead and I, I won't spend too much time on this, but um, I think that uh, I think that captaincy is kind of a intangible. Uh, I don't think it really does much. Uh, at least it doesn't do much in front of like you know behind closed doors. It might do a lot, but for me, it doesn't really do much. I mean, we're not going. We're not stepping into Steve Eisenman. We're not stepping into Nick Lidstrom. So um, I don't know. Name fucking Mickey Mouse as your captain at this point right now. Um, uh, but you know, if I had to make any call right now, I would really like Larkin to be that guy. But they're not gonna. It's not gonna be Larkin. So it'll be Advocator to Kaiser. Yeah. 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 Agreed. It'll be <laughs> it will be to Kaiser that those are the two, or it will be Cronwall. Like they could go and say, "Well, he's been here for the." They might do Cronwall. Like if 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 Zetterberg retired this year and Cronwall's like, oh, "I still want to hang out and like do the thing," then it might be Cronwall. <laughs> Who knows? Eh, fuck! I make Erickson the captain. Who cares? <laughs> I, mean, I would be okay with Erickson being captain as long it, it just because and I told you this early I said this earlier <laughs> it would make people mad uh-huh. it would make yeah. people mad and that would entertain yeah. me so I'm cool with that yeah if it's not gonna be a guy like Lidstrom or Iserman just make someone mad with it I guess you know what I mean if Erickson gets named captain he has to grow out a handlebar mustache <laughs> oh god yes <laughs> oh god yes that'd be amazing <laughs> And he has to grow out his hair and, like, be a fucking pretty boy. Yeah. Yeah. He has to be like, yeah, absolutely. Okay. um, Acemith55 is kind of bothered by the unfairness that Mantha got taken down with 11.5 seconds left to go in overtime, and the Red Wings did not get a full power play for that. My question to you is, do you think the league will ever implement a rule change that says if a team takes a penalty with less than two minutes or four minutes for a double minor to go in overtime, that the clock should be reset to two minutes? No. 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 Are you kidding me? Oh, God. The Players Association would get nuts over that. Yeah. The the true unfairness of that. Because yeah. you will get guys that will game the system. Oh, yeah. This is an easy no. We'll try to take penalties and dive and try and draw penalties. Um, you'll yeah, get guys that'll try and go into, I mean, it's, it's no, the, the game is 60 minutes. If it happens within the 60 minutes, you don't extend the time. Um, just, you know, you have a, you, the, the time is arbitrary. You just, you know how long it is. So no, yeah, no, it they does w- fundamentally annoy me that it is better to take a penalty with five seconds left to go than it is with three minutes. That they're they're not the same punishment, but yeah, I can't see a good way around that because if you extend the time, then what happens? Like, so if your team takes a penalty while up in that extended time, does that just end the game right there? Um, <laughs> you know, do, do 
should that, There's no like, way around that, it, really. There really is. I think at the, vi- the very least, uh, the guy who took the penalty was in the box at the end of overtime, uh, ineligible for the shootout. Yeah, I that's would like that one. one. That's, that's a, a good, good one. one. I agree. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair, I think. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's like, the best you I, Or, like, honestly, like, that guy is ineligible and um, the, the, the shootout order flip-flops. Oh, so then, you are but the then, but then it could it could end up being like a strategic thing. Like, oh, let's put Steve out out there, and he'll just take a fucking penalty, and it'll be funny, and, uh, and we'll we'll get the whatever. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that works. And you get to draw uh, on his face with a marker. <laughs> there you go. That's a funny one. Like you need you can get the first penalty, but that guy who takes the penalty needs to take the first shootout, and we need to draw whatever we want on his face with a, a sharpie. Yeah. And he's got to do the team's laundry that night. (laughs) Yeah, that's good, too. I like that. I like it. Yeah. All right. That's a true punishment. Like, I like that. Yeah, this is good. We're going in the right position. That's that is like, it's disgusting. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, Joe Robert. Name is on all caps. Uh, Ovechkin is 31. (laughs) That's that's not a question. Uh, if he plays ten more years and averages thirty five goals per year, he could catch, <laughs> catch Chrissy's scoring record despite playing through dead puck era. How do you feel about that? Okay, wait. I need to hear what the, what the question is again. What if he plays twenty more years? Ovechkin plays oh. another decade, averaging thirty five goals per year, and he could catch Gretzky. Uh huh. How do you feel about that? He's the best. He's already one of the best goals. One of oh, yeah. if not the best goal scorers of all time, given mm-hmm. what he has done. Uh, I don't give a shit about, I don't want to hear about his defensive capabilities. I don't want to hear about where he scores his goals from. He is one of, if not the best power forwards of all time. Uh, if he catches Gretzky, uh, I'd go ahead and put him right there with one of the best NHL players of all time. One of, if not the best. Well, yeah, because you're basically passing the best. Yeah. Yeah. And And not only one of, if like one of the best, but one of the best, and you've done it in one of the toughest times to score goals. I don't give a shit about Stanley Cups or whatever. It yeah, Gretzky put up obscene numbers when they were beer league idiots playing. Like exactly. not to take anything away from him, like because his numbers were truly obscene. But Ovechkin has played way tougher competition. Yeah, oh, if he God, catches, he's been, yeah, be. he's been a he's been a top line player playing against top line forever. That that is what he is. That's why I say he's probably one of the best players or goal scorers in all time. Like that's just who he is. But you yeah. know, defense you got to be you got to be a you guys, it's not fantasy hockey. Yeah. And I mean, like, there's no way he plays 10 more years. Uh, I mean, first yeah, of all, I mean, like, uh, you know, the, know way he, the way he throws his body around, you know, I mean, he, he's not going to make it to 41. But then also, I mean, like, you know, KHL, you know, I can I can see him doing the KHL retirement thing. No, I think he'll make it. I'll think he'll make it 10 more years. Really? That's extraordinary. I'll, be, I'll bet you a beer. I'll bet you three beers. Ooh, okay, you're on. I'll be dead before then, so it doesn't okay, really cool. matter. But yeah, three beers. It's extraordinarily hard to score <clears throat> goals in the NHL. I know that Ovechkin has done it like basically every yeah, year. Yeah. But I don't know. At age forty one, I I don't see it happening. Yeah. I, I think that he if he makes it to 
41 years old in the NHL or whatever the NHL is called by then. Um, I think he's still going strong and still scoring goals. So it's just, well, he does only have to average 35 goals. You know, he could score 50, 50, 50, you know, yeah, and you like know a couple, he might, a few, several of those years, and he's and he suddenly and, doesn't need to score as much in his last years. And well, you're right, because you know, they're going to lose a year for lockout. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we will. Uh, yeah, ten years. That's two. We lockouts. will be covering that soon. We are yeah. absolutely about to lose a year, but um, oh, hundred yeah. um, percent. He, uh, I think that he is definitely starting to hit a wall where he is not going to be, you know, like a forty to fifty guy, but. Um, I don't give a shit. He's like, I, I will watch him play just because he's so much fun to watch play. He's like, he's like the Connor McDavid. He's like a Connor McDavid of goal scoring. So, um, I love Alex Ovechkin. Anybody who doesn't like him is an idiot. Yeah. Callens 2015 wants to know who should replace DK. He seems to panic <laughs> with the puck. His offensive abilities are limited. Panic passes to no one. Wait, so like in like five years from now? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. Is that the question? I don't know. Um, Not to be a No, I'm pretty sure the question is he should be taken out right now and who should go in. Honestly, like. An injured Cronwall? Yeah, who do you trust? (laughs) Like, you want to take a guy and just place them into a top line pair, like. I love Joe Hicketts. I love Billy Sarjarvi. I love Robbie Russo. But let's be real. If you put any of those three into the same situation, or even like Dennis Trollowski, like you put any of those players into that same situation, uh, the Red Wings are probably, if not the same, <laughs> the like way worse. So, I mean, the Red Wings, like they, they, they can't get much better with what they have in, on defense right now, I think. Yeah, I'll say it until my ears bleed. It is really, really hard to play top-line defense. And if you see a guy doing well on the third pair and a guy struggling in the top pair, that does not mean the third-pairing defenseman is a better defenseman. Exactly, because, you know, you have a guy like Brendan Smith who might be okay on the third pair, but they go into the top pair and they're just... Think about think about how much we were praising Jonathan Erickson at the start of this season. That's that's a good about one. How, yeah. About about how well he was playing, and and we and it was specifically because he was no longer playing on the top pair, and he was finally playing in a role that suited his talent. Yep. Kaiser Kaiser has never been a top pairing defenseman. He never will be a top pairing defenseman. But they have nobody else that can that can play it. Oh, so. God, it, it is what it is, and um, I, I will say this. It's different when you go to the games in person because you see a lot more than you do on TV. I did not notice the Kaiser out there in either of the games, and well, I took yeah, that to be a good thing. I mean, because I just, he, just, he, was, he just did his job out there. He wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. He well, was beer fine. Will, beer will do that. but I didn't like him on the power play, but I agree with you. I've no, not no. power play. He's, he's no get him off there. But <laughs> it's like uh, I still feel that way about Zetterberg on the power play. So, hey, Nick Moore wants to know: uh, Will Howard Morazic or Corot have to change the side of their goalie pads by the February fourth deadline, or are their current pads within the limit? 
If so, do you believe this will affect their abilities? I actually looked this up. It's not necessarily it's the, it's the pants that they're, that have to change. Yeah. I don't know if they've already been playing with theirs or if you know, they've been playing with their pants. Um, <laughs> essentially, they have to I be. Mean, I haven't noticed any pantsless goalies, so. Hey, right. <laughs> um, they have to be like the pants are not allowed to be more than six inches bigger than the goalie's waist. So, I. Um, Braden Holtby in Washington actually likes it because he thinks that uh, those those tighter pants give him a little bit more better support, a little bit more motion. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I with those with, with, with the new regulations, like I don't know, I it's it's not going to. Ch- I honestly, personally, I don't think it's going to change anything. So until they say they go to the goalies and say, "Hey, you need to play like." With Terry Salchuk pads, like I, I really, honestly, God, like, ever. I think doing the change mid-season is dumb. Uh, Jimmy Hoffa's ghost, Shan, Shan, Shan. There's got to come a time soon when putting him in waivers makes sense, right? I'm gonna stop you right there. No, 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 <laughs> no. Like what? Over, over Steve Ott or Drew Miller? No. Yeah. Why the hell do you wave Shan just like for the sake of waving him? You, nah, like, it's you like literally you're doing it like, ah, fuck you. But he hasn't, no he hasn't scored any. Yeah, he hasn't scored any goals on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get the general concern about asset management and losing guys on waivers or nothing, but I can't see what value Brit- Shan brings to the team organization at this point. You don't wave him. I will uh, say this right now. If if Martin Furk had stayed with the team this long and hasn't scored a goal and they put him on waivers, uh, there would probably be a little bit of an outrage. Does yeah. anybody disagree with me? What, even like, as a guy who was waived twice already this season, yeah, I get yeah. it. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, let's say he was even he wasn't even like waived at all. Like that would probably be a little bit of like, oh, asset management. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like he hasn't scored goals, but I would still take Riley Shayan over Steve Ott and Drew Miller literally and every single day. And, and you know what? I would make I personally I'd make an argument over Riley Shayan over Thomas Yerko. And that's just me though. That's zero confidence for zero confidence at this point. So it's exactly, like, eh. yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> without a doubt. It's the, you know. FNG has a follow-up question that's kind of. I have a feeling he's trying to lead us into a better discussion here. Is goal scoring the only part of Shan's game that is unacceptable this season? Ah oh, man, I could probably dive into this. I don't know, like because everything about Shan outside of goal scoring, like I don't have any complaints. Like, really. I mean, honestly, it's it's all about. Uh, he's not putting. He has seven assists too, which isn't enough either. It's so not he's not doing yeah, enough no. in the offensive zone. He's not creating a, a lot of space or creating a lot of shots. But honestly, I don't think Shane is bad as as the the shit he's taking. Uh, I do think he is good defensively. I think that he's been. I mean, it has been extremely unlucky at this point. There's like at at some point you have to just stop calling it all luck. But I mean, the guy does. He's got a career high fourteen goals, which is is nothing to sneeze at. So, yeah, I, I'm overall unhappy with Shea and not scoring more goals and not getting more points. Um, I wish he'd drive the net a little bit more because he is big and he's he's got good balance. But I mean, honestly, like waving him for nothing just to get rid of him doesn't make a lick of sense to me. You're, you're basically you'd basically be waving him because through the first half of this season because we're what 45 games in mm-hmm. you'd wait you'd wave a guy he's been with the team now for two plus years right 
mm-hmm. he came up in 2013 14 during the injury purge so he came mm-hmm. up so he's you know he's in he's in his second full season and you'd wave him after 45 games of not scoring a goal right and people will like you know complain that he's overpaid and he's not scoring goals and you know what that goes we talked about it earlier it's like you know what? You just need to. And, and I will say that maybe the team has gone a little bit too far with his usage. You know, maybe he does need to be dialed back a little bit. Um, but you know what? It's not like we're talking about a guy who is like. We're not talking about Jonathan fucking Taves here. I mean, look at him. You know what I mean? Like, it's we're not talking about that. So you're talking about a guy who, like, Jonathan Taves gets paid $10 million a year, and what does he score? Like, I don't know. I can't recall how many, but very little. Um, very few. So it, it, it is what it is. And um, I like Riley Shan. Uh He doesn't score goals well right now, but um, I'd rather have him over, personally, three players in in the line in, in the roster, on the roster right now. So. All right, we got two uh, two good questions about the Joe here. Uh, T. Jeske wants to know, uh, the Wings have had some, uh, let's call them poor starts to games this year, particularly at home. Uh, how much do you think this is the fault of the team coaching staff for not being ready to play versus the opposition being perhaps extra fired up to play what is likely to be their last game in such a storied arena as the Joe Lewis? That's, a, I guess, a good question. Like, It's a good question, but I don't know. Like that, the the being fired up to score or play well in a arena in the last year of it—that's a complete intangible. Um, I, I don't know. I, I can't say. Uh, Graham, can you say? I mean, Vanek came out after the San Jose game and said that uh, you know maybe they got a little bit—they were a little, little too happy with the victory. Um, and then they played very poorly against San Jose, and the, and I think those comments were were brought up again um, after the game yesterday. I mean, they came or against Boston because I mean they came back. So um, I think it could be a case of the players maybe not being ready to start on time, which is a phrase we've been hearing for what five years now. I mean, I know there are going to be lots of people that are going to blame Blashill for that one, but I mean, that was an issue long before Blashill ever showed up in Detroit. So I don't know. I I, I can't can't put my finger on what it is. I think maybe for certain players, the concept of playing at Joe Lewis Arena because they're, you know, they were they were maybe kids growing up in Michigan and they played there as kids and so there's kind of something special for them on, you know, personally, maybe that has something to do with it. I mean, for a team, I don't think they're worried too much about, hey, this is the last time we're going to play in this building. Let's, you know, let's let's win it to ruin it for the Red Wing fans that are here. <laughs> I think most of them probably just look at it as another game against a, a not so great team that they're they're that they need to beat in order to get some points and do what they need to do. Yeah, I agree, Peter. Uh, yeah, I I, I I pretty much agree. I um I we've had we've had poor starts on the road as well. Um and you know, like you said, it's it hasn't just been this year too. Um and plus I mean, you know, if you think about it, like we always look at it through you know, our perspective as fans, you know, there's times where, you know, we go into a game and it looks like the other team's not ready to play. Um, you know, so for whatever reason, I mean, it seems to be, you know, every now and then a team will just 
come out of the gate poorly. Um, but you know, like you guys said, um, it does seem like it's been an issue for us for, for a while. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's kind of whatever that reasoning is as opposed to, um, you know, playing at, at, uh, at Joe Louis arena. Lauren, do you think it's the team, other team being fired up or the Red Wings just not starting on time? I think it's just the wings not starting on time. Um, and I think it's one of those things, you know, like, it's already been mentioned, like, it's been a problem for a long time. Like, we've been answering that question on this podcast for at least, <laughs> yeah, like, God, two, yeah. three seasons, probably. Like, it's not a new thing. I absolutely will not say that it's a coaching staff thing, because I, I know we've had discussions about, like, oh, well, it's the coaching staff's, you know, job to make sure the team is ready. It's like, well, no, they're not they're not teenagers or anything. You know, this isn't high school. Like these are grown ass men. They can get their own selves ready for the game. Like they know what they need to do. They've seen the videos. They are professionals. They, you know, should be getting themselves ready. I think sometimes it's one of those things like, you know, for some guys, you know, you, you just have, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is that maybe, you know, that makes you not ready for it. But I think when you see the whole team start, Poorly, it's because, you know, maybe the first shift you're not quite ready, and then it just, you know, you it's a it's perpetual catch up. Like it's just hard to to um, get momentum back. You know, when you start off badly, and you know, it's it, it is just one shift to the next. Maybe you're overlapping with, you know, the other team who's like, you know, already, you know, kind of seeing like, oh, we've, you know, they're not starting well. And, you know, you know, it just it, it builds and builds snowballs in either direction. And, um, you know, I, I just think it's yeah, you know, if you have a bad start, it it's hard to overcome right away. You know, the last couple games, you know, we in the last three games, we've had two um, opening minute goals against us. But both of those games, we've come back to win it. So it's, you know, it it depends on how good the team is and you know how much they're able to overcome that bad start because sometimes they just can't overcome it and then it you know that's the thing that supposedly dooms them it's like eh. yeah i'd like yeah. to think that last year teams were coming in and going all right this is our second to last game ever at the show <laughs> <laughs> really gotta beat this one count um al james wants to know on a scale of one to mike milberry wait one to mike milberry are Wait, it should go the other way. Are you calling Mike Milbury a ten? Yeah, yeah. no, it's got to be Mike Milbury to one. It should be like, <laughs> like on a scale of Mike Milbury to cancer. Oh come on! Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Anyway, oh. The question, the question is, is how big of a dump is the Joe? All right, so I'll go ahead and take the lead here because I've, I don't know, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I've been to the Joe a lot of times. Um, it's a shithole. It really is a piece of shit venue. Um, it's been around a while. Um, what is it? I think it's like, is it the second or the third oldest? Um, I, and that could, uh, be, that could be completely wrong. But it's one it's of the, the oldest. It's, it, it's the yeah. oldest now that's left. I mean, because, well, unless you count him as, yeah. but, but it's been rehabbed, right? True. Yeah, well, so no, it's but. not the oldest. Um, because you got Madden's, Madison's Court Garden. Um, so, like, I don't know. It's old. It's a piece of shit. But I will, like, and it is literally, like, and this is such a cliche, but it is literally our piece of shit 
kind of like, you know, kind of whatever. Um, so yeah, it is kind of a dump. Um, I mean, and we kind of touched on that earlier. Um, like Graham and I, it took us what, like, you know, five minutes into the second period to get a beer and go to the bathroom and get some food. Like, uh, you know, that shouldn't happen at a modern hockey arena. Maybe if you're like at AT&T Center or AT&T Arena or Stadium, whatever it is, where there are like 300,000 people or 200, whatever it is. I don't think whatever. But it, it is, you know, it is a old arena. It smells, <laughs> you know. You have the uh, the pee troughs. You don't have much room for to go to the bathroom. Um, it is an old arena, but it is our old dump, like as Millberry said. Uh, so I didn't really get I didn't really get offended by that. Like it is what it is. Millberry's an idiot, but. Yeah, I was wondering. Anybody, could have, anybody, could, have that. anybody could have said that. Anybody could have said that. So, and I, I would. I, I, you know what? Like honestly, uh, uh, Red Mickey Redmond could have said like, "Oh, this is a dump." I'd be like, yeah, "Whatever, dude. Yeah, you." Pretty sure he has. It, yeah, it, it <laughs> is. Like, who cares? Like, it's, like we love it here. That's why we come here. That's the only bothersome thing about Milbury. It's like, nobody cares about his opinion anyway. Yeah. But it's like, uh, I can call my sister a whore, but you can't. That's that's the joke <laughs> right, for Yeah, you know, that that's a good analogy. That's a good analogy. I don't think she is, but... <laughs> no, your sister's very nice. I could call her one if I want. No, you can, but you won't. Right. Uh, the, the way I, oh, Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, the way I see it is, like, if you have, like, you know, you get your your um your used car and maybe this isn't a great analogy because the joe was once new at one point but so was it so was a used car so like you know you sure it's got rust on the bumpers and like you don't have a lot of leg room just like at the joe and all this kind of stuff but like it gets you where you want to go like it might rattle when you when you make a left turn or something but like the axle hasn't fallen off yet on the highway like but and like you can joke about how your your car is a piece of junk and stuff, but like one of your friends says your car is a piece of junk, you're like, hey, no, knock it yeah. off. Like that's right. It, this has gotten me, you know, back and forth to school or my job or whatever for like a long time. It still mm-hmm. runs. It's great. I love it. I know my car. You know, no one can talk shit about it. It's the same thing. Like, and you know what? It's, Just you know, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's been it was outdated when it was built, but you mm-hmm. know what? it's seen a lot of great things and that's what, you know, the history is what we love about it. And, you know, we know it's not great, yeah. but it's got good sight lines and, you know, whatever. Just, so just it's our, it's our of, Yeah. Just a quick <laughs> branch off of that. Uh, I don't know how many of our like listeners are Louis C.K. fans, but like, just kind of like the people who complain about like their cell phones, like fuck Verizon sucks. It's like, no, it doesn't suck. It's just you're just an asshole and you don't really give a shit. Um, that, that's that's basically how I look at the Joe. It's like, oh, I have to wait five minutes to take a piss. It's like, no, you're just an impatient piece of shit. That's all. That's how I look at it. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's got character, and I'm not sure the, the LCA is going to have that no, character in, have for character. a while. It'll yeah. They develop character. That's that's the thing. Like like mold. Yeah. You got you to grow. Yeah, it. give it, what, like 20 <laughs> years, three cups. Yeah, we'll be all right. Yeah. 
Okay, moving on finally. Uh, Griffin's Nest wants to know uh, the best blue liner in Grand Rapids right now is Hicketts. To what extent does his lack of size play a role in his NHL potential? Uh, he still has a year or so down in the AHL, but has really played well this season and wins a lot of physical battles. However, being 5'8 on a good day, does that impact his appearance to the wings when his skills uh, reach call-up worthy? Especially with the subpar blue line we are dealing with now, and at the current time, no real stud defenseman in the organization. Uh, quick, quick, quick answer. Yeah, it will. It will affect his call up. It took Rafalski a long time to come up. Yeah, it it, it will take a long time. Um, if the Red Wings draft, like, so let's say this year the Red Wings draft like a guy who's like six four. Um, or like, uh, what is his name? Um, Malmstrom, uh, the guy that they drafted in 2015, like just, you know, like in like the fifth or sixth round or seventh round. Um, yeah. I'm like, it's, it's going to take, he's going to be up against the grain. He's going to be going against the grain. Um, it is what it is. That's that's the NHL. It's not the Red Wings. That's the NHL for you. It's, yeah, but that, I mean, it may, it's less an issue now than it would have been, say, ten years ago. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. No, actually, you know, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm size alone with is you. not. I'm going to disagree. Chris Letang is not a big boy. He's in the NHL. Yeah, but he's also injured every two weeks. Well, because he's just a fragile person. But that's not mm. necessarily due to his. That's not necessarily due to his size. I mean, you have Jonathan Erickson gets injured all the time. He's a monster. I mean, it, you know, his injury history doesn't have anything necessarily to do with how big he is. But if the NHL now is at the point, the NHL as a whole is at the point that if if you are a smaller player, but you can you can show that you actually have skill, there are teams that will give you a shot. Yeah. Well, I don't know if the Red Wings are one of those teams yet because they seem to still value size a little bit, but they also still they they value skill as well. So. I don't think that his – I think that his size will be a hindrance just because that is the way the NHL works. But I don't think it's as big a deal as it would have been if we were 10, 15 years ago. I just saw I, – I looked it up just to be sure. Like Latang's Latang's six foot. You know, so he's got four inches on Hicketts. Yeah, that's it's a little bit different. But, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, hindsight is twenty twenty. whatever. I think that – if it came down to a guy who was five eight and a guy who was what six one or six two, it's, it's pretty pretty simple right there. And that's just the that's hockey culture. It's not the Red Wings. It's not uh, whoever. It's not the 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 league. It's it's just it's just hockey as a whole. Like big players, like that's just like big players get the benefit of the doubt. You know, like, I mean, look at Lawson Krauss, look at guys like, you know, Logan Stanley. Uh, I'm probably speaking Spanish to a lot of you, but, you know, like big guys get the benefit of the doubt. And just and then because they're considered NHL ready um, just because of their size. And you know what? That size really doesn't mean anything. You look at guys like, uh, I don't Tory know. Uh, Tori Krug. Yeah, Tori yeah. Krug or uh, uh, Artemi Panarin or, you know, guys like that. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, if you're skilled, you can make it in this league. That's easy. So, whatever. As someone who is vertically challenged herself, I take offense at implications that short people can't 
<laughs> no, yeah. Things. Short people, so, no, yeah. Short people, short people, small people, or whatever they you want to label it as. Vertically challenged, fun yeah. size, etc. If you're fast in the NHL, uh, you can definitely dance around uh, what seventy five percent of the idiots that they dress in this league. Yep. Next question. JJ, are you still here? No, I was muted. I was trying to interrupt you for a while, too. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. I was watching the end of this Predators-Flames game and got kind of... Cause like was they, it good? It was 4 nothing. The Flames made it 4-3. to three. So With, like, in less than two minutes. Hmm. Uh, Predators won. Who cares? Yvette uh, S19 wants to know, uh, we've all been beyond spoiled with the Wings for 20-plus years. Are there any other sports or teams that you follow as passionately as the Wings? Uh, for me, it's easily the Lions, as painful as it may be sometimes. But no, yeah, no, not not to the same degree. No, no, yeah, same here. Yeah, not I even can't. Close. Wings are my first sports love. Uh, my first yeah. sports love are is is the Wings, and it hasn't been close since, and it probably won't be close. So, yep. Uh, Katie Ani Six, if we were fully healthy, who do you think Ken Holland would be sending down to Grand Rapids at this point? Oh, man. Um, someone else. Yeah, so. I, I really, I, I can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the way we're eligible, guys. Yeah, my. Uh, I don't think. I, I think the, the, the waiver. I think like AA and Mantha. They've played their way under the team. I think it's Yurko. I think they put Yurko on waivers and just take a shot and see if they can get him down there. And I think uh, Yurko gets claimed. They'd have yep. to do at least two, wouldn't they? Yeah, so Yurko and yeah. Miller or Oh, okay. oh that's why I say everybody. So, yeah, J- well, Jared Crow probably, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Crow would point. be the... the then Crow the, down, because there's your goalie, and then Yurko. Yeah, because yeah, I honestly bro. like I like Jared Crow. Like, oh god, that is he is not an NHL goalie. It's not even close. Like you look at Mrazek when he came up as a as a goalie as like a call up. Nah, it's good god. Good good. Good good. Uh, Timmy Timmons, I have no real questions. <laughs> Thanks, Timmy. So, what do you think <laughs> the funniest Red Wings player name of all time was? Uh, Jordan Tutu is apparently not allowed. Um. No. Uh, Damian Bruner, because I thought for like three months it was Damian Brunner. All right, I think it's Yuri Hoodler. <laughs> uh, not Valtteri not Fupola or Fupola or whatever it is. The funniest name. I always liked uh, Paul Isabart because he played at the same time as Steve Eiserman. And it was oh, yeah. confusing yeah. as shit. That's a good one. Because I was like eight years old and just getting into yeah. the Red Wings, and it was like. God. Yeah. You were like, Paul Isabart. I thought they were the same. I thought they were just as good as each other, too, and learned quickly that was not the case. You were so, fuck- <laughs> so fucking old. Like he's the Costco version of, of Eiserman. Yeah, like, you know, you <laughs> yeah. could buy like 15 of them, and maybe it'd be as good, but you find out at the end it's not that good. Um, that was a pretty good name. I yeah, 
Darian Hatcher, because that guy was a fucking egg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You always have better answers. Yuri Schlager was always a really cool name to me. Like, it's not funny, but it's it was always sounded cool. That's the guy you want to fuck with, Yuri Schlager. Ritala always made me think of um, the Ricola cough drops. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wish we had uh, Medic Bonk. That's my favorite name of yeah. all time. That is Bonk is a good one. Yeah. God. I think like yeah, a, I mean, I, I don't really think it's funny, but like Dallas Drake, I, I always thought that was a that was a, a weird oh, name. Bro. Whoa. Okay. Don't step what? into the don't step into the realm. Dallas okay. Drake, the Texas Duck. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, yeah. yeah. That, that was like the most. That was like the most like meaningless trade that meant a lot i don't know whatever i'm not gonna dig into that <laughs> <laughs> the meaningless trade that meant a lot yeah that, that yeah that, that, that is the steve ott but actually uh, yeah. for a team we're, that was meant to we're gonna go ahead and, and close out the reader questions on that <laughs> on that nugget okay well um any final re- like hockey related thoughts for anybody else I actually do have one. Uh, Whatever. On this trip, no, this is is serious. On this trip, I got to read uh, John Scott's book, A Guy Like Me. I really enjoyed it. Uh, It was uh, was a pretty quick read, about two, two and a half hours uh, to get through. It had a lot of good insights. Um, Obviously, he got to tell his own story, so I think he he got to make himself look a little bit better than perhaps he deserved. (laughs) Um, But the section specifically about, uh, like, Derek Bogard, uh, and also about the All Star Game were uh, were really touching. I'd, and I'd, if uh, if you're interested, I'd, I'd go ahead and pick it up, give it a read. All right. Oh yeah. Anybody um, else? Yeah. Uh, one thing I was going to say last week, I think in the positivity corner, I forgot um, is if if people listening haven't heard it yet, um, Prashanth from our site was on the uh, the Hockey PDO cast. I think it was like a couple weeks ago with uh, Dmitry Filipovich. Um, and he did a really great job, and it was nice to see him get that, uh, you know, that kind of national exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's uh, we're really uh, we're really proud of uh, Prashant, but um, Dimitri, uh, they're all biased against the Red Wings, so sorry, <laughs> don't care. Um, anyways, uh, no, I'm just kidding. They all do. Um, for the dais tonight or today, I should say. Um, this is Wigan Motown Radio. Um, Hopefully you have enjoyed our takes, and if you haven't, then uh, you can go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> Come you back guys, next week. Yeah, you, women, you, 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 girls and guys, women, men, y'all have a real nice night, nice day. Um, I'm Kyle, your host, and uh, it's been Wing It Motown Radio. We'll see you next time. Bye. Wing it. Wing it. Wing it.